When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening and maybe watching Peak to Pit, Alley Peak, TJ Pittinger. Game week for some of us. But college football will be back. Game day will be on our TVs at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. We have literally officially made it. It is game week, TJ. All the way back. Um, I like this week zero matchup. I like this week zero matchup for a lot of reasons. I had to kind of cut it short last week. You want to end that streak? Well. I love how LSU was scheduled for week one. So then Florida State was like, "Hmm, we're not continuing that streak. Watch us schedule a week zero. um, I don't know when this game was scheduled, to tell you the truth. I, but I, I like have the a feeling zero. Duquesne's availability was probably a little bit more open than LSU's was. So if I had to guess, yeah. it was scheduled second. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm. But I am interested when you know, like when that was scheduled. But I like that. I think, um, you know, getting to play Duquesne is huge. You know, haven't won a. I mean, when was the last time Florida played somebody? When was the last time Florida beat somebody good in an opener? Michigan two years ago. Nah, Michigan wasn't very good that year. Oh, please. They were good. No, come on. That is not, that's a big time matchup for a week one game. It is, but there I'm just saying, no was way around that. We're talking last time about Michigan, some... who a year later was in the playoffs. It was, a, it was a big matchup. I agree. Michigan that year wasn't very good. So they, there's 0% chance they were terrible and then in the playoffs the next year. That's not generally that how happen. college football works. Not, not often. Michigan beating Florida is a big opening weekend game. That, it's a big opening weekend win. There is no that, way to spin that other than that's what it, it is. It's a huge win. I'm just saying when was the last time Florida beat somebody good? And I said two years ago. Michigan was a good team that year. I'm going to look at Michigan's record because I have no idea. I have four children, and I don't know what happened a year ago <laughs> for the most part. Was that, was that 2019 to open the year? I think no, so. No, no, it was so 2017. Um, Michigan went eight and five. Yeah, I mean seven and five record. So they they weren't good by any means, and then they won their bowl game. So yeah, I mean or no, I'm sorry, they went eight and four in in. in uh, 2017 is when we lost to them in the bowl game. So it would have been the next year, 2018. Yeah. That Florida no, I've got is September second, and they went ten and three. September 2nd, 2017 was the okay. game. All right. So what am I looking at? December 29th, 2018. Okay. So that was, so I'm thinking of the bowl game, not the. Yeah. Which was opener. a big, which was a big bowl. I mean, that was yeah. Big, that was Michigan. Big Michigan um, wasn't very good in 2017, but anyway, yeah. I mean, all this said, 
big win, but not against a good team. We well, beat listen, a seven we, five. we talked last week about how truly we prefer to open against a cupcake anyway. It's exactly. a good that way to tune up point. your team. Like you got... that's, uh, we talked about that before. I know that from a fan perspective, it's fun to open with these big names and we, you know, we get some teasing in the SEC a lot of the time about opening against a team like, you know, the Sisters of the Blind or something like that. But truly, from a team perspective, you want to open against the Duquesne. You want to open against, you know, Southeast Washington State, you know, whatever, because that's your practice. You can't simulate game reps fully in practice. So it's hard to know exactly what you've got until it's on the field. And I'd rather find out exactly what I got in a tune-up game than in, you know, a big time matchup. Like it, it's, it is much more stressful to go into a Utah top 10 matchup week one than it is to go into a Duquesne and kind of see what you have and let people get their feet wet. I completely agree. Yeah. That was going to be my whole point. Like right. my whole point was going to be that Florida is, has typically scheduled much, much easier to open seasons, which I think is smart. Right. Like that's not a shot at Florida. I think no. that's smart. Well, Florida State's lost too, six in a row. With, their and, conference, we always talk about this, that there's not really a need for additional strength, but there's sure as heck not a need for additional strength at the beginning of the season. And again, it's fun. It's fun, right? Utah, Florida, week one is fun. It's fun to watch something like an LSU, Florida State, if it's not your team, right? People aren't tuning into Duquesne, Florida State. Well, maybe they are because it's the only football on and they're pumped that it's back. But in general, Florida State fans are watching that game, not necessarily the country. The country is tuning in to watch a matchup like LSU, FSU. So from that point of view, it's fun, right, for those big matchups. But it's it's needlessly stressful, and it's not a great way for your team to start. I'm such an idiot. 2017, you guys lost to Michigan. I know. That's what I was just saying when I Googled it. I realized we lost to that one. It's the bowl game. We blew them out the year after. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So that – so that backs up even more that like truly when was the last time Florida beat a good team to open the year? I mean, I guess, you know, Miami in 2019, but they finished with six losses. So like it's, you know, I like, I like Florida's strategy. They have recently had some bigger name opening games, win or lose some bigger game opening right. games. Had, and I think that that's because they've gotten well, the, so much the Michigan, about yeah. not having a, a big opening game, but I honestly don't really love it. I don't yeah. love the, the the Michigan one, the Miami one, if you want to count the Miami one, and that's it. Like right. outside of that, they're you know, right. I'm looking I at I think the last the time was with, honestly with Syracuse in like 1984. Yeah, I think the last time, and, and this will change next year, but I think the last time Florida left the state for a true out of conference road game was 1991 against Syracuse. I mean, I don't know that I really think uh, – Michigan going to Texas, I get that it's a neutral site game, but that's also – that's a road game. That's a road game. Your entire team picks up Jacksonville road game? for an opener. No, I don't think Jacksonville's really a road game. Yeah, I don't but, think neutral so – I think when you think about road games and, – and I agree, it's – it's you had to go it's on the – the travel distance. You really. had to go on the road to get there, but you also understand that a, a true road game is tougher than a neutral site game. I think in terms of crowd, it can be absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, you, you'd of, much rather play Michigan in the in Texas than in the big than house. In the big house, yeah, yeah I think that's like, true. But it's also not having your opener in the swamp, right? And that's and what I'm saying. Like Florida, and I don't think, and but this isn't even just about openers. Florida hasn't gone outside of the state of Florida for a true road game since '91. 
Are you talking out of conference? Out of conference. Out of conference. Well, that's kind of crazy. Coming up, they return. To, they go to Utah. Right. Um, First one here. They've got. They have Notre Dame. They're going. I mean, they've got some. Big I hate games. the Notre Dame one because it's like so, so far far out. away. I yeah. know. I the know. Scheduling it's is so, stupid. I hate that they schedule that far out. But I am excited. I mean, that's a that's a cool matchup. Um, regardless, I really don't like continuing to agree with you. So let's move on to a topic we can argue about. So Florida State's going to win as a so Duquesne's not good, right? right. I think we, we lost to Jacksonville State last year. Right. I think they would they would beat Duquesne fairly okay. easily. We had a guy on our podcast named Colby Dant, and, and he does a lot of sports handicapping, and okay. he was pretty confident that Jacksonville State would 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 handle Duquesne. Okay. Um, I think UMass might be a little bit better than Duquesne, and Florida State did show end of the year that they could blow out a bad team and, and beating right. UMass 59 to nothing. As somebody that doesn't know anything about Duquesne, right? how much does Florida State need to win this game by? <laughs> For you oh. to think like, okay, they've got it together. Not Maybe not I together, mean, but like you've got to beat bad teams by a lot. So I mean, what, I think you got to win by 30 points. Okay, I'm with that. I don't, I mean, yeah. I think. I, actually, I had a lot of people messaging me today that they think it needs to be more, like 40 or 50. You know, I, here's where I struggle with that. I feel that right. Like I would want, I, I always want more points. I am totally of the Spurrier mindset that like my job's to score your job's to stop me not taking my foot off the brakes. But the flip side of that is this is a great opportunity for Florida state to see what they have depth wise. And are your starters going to blow the doors off them more than likely? Yes. But is it better to win by a couple less touchdowns and get third string guys who are only going to have the opportunity to get in the game. If there's an injury or two in front of them during the conference games, like, yeah, real game experience cannot be created. We taught, we, you know, we just talked about this. Like, so I think from a football perspective, it's better to get multiple depth experience and then see where that leaves you, then keep your starters in and blow the doors off them. So here's, I don't disagree with that. And I think for health reasons, Florida State's mm -hmm. got a couple of guys banged up on the offensive line. Right. And certainly, you know, both of these teams, Florida and Florida State, are only going to go as far as there. Is that a pumpkin beer? You know it. Very on brand. Um, Very both on brand. My shirt says, with. oh my gourd, I love fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, way too early for this. No, um, no it's football week. I've got a good joke to tell you after. I got a good joke to tell you after okay. uh, this, but uh um I agree with that in concept and you don't want to you don't want to get somebody injured. You don't want to uh, get somebody injured and you want the experience. But fans aren't rational. Should the second and third string guys that have D1 scholarships be better than the first string guys that are in the FCS level? Yeah, in theory, yeah. So I don't think but that doesn't that, mean they have game they, experience. I that doesn't mean Yeah, but neither does the pain. This is week 0. I get it, but there is a difference. Even if you talent-wise are way better than the guy you're going up against, experience matters. And so getting that second and third string guys some reps, even if the the talent they're going against is, you know, subpar, mistakes could be made. One, it's not going to be as good a football as the ones. Otherwise, they'd be the ones, right? Like maybe there's not a huge drop-off, but more than likely there's some sort of drop-off because that's why you have a depth chart. So I still think that there's value in getting those guys game rep experience. 
No, I agree with that. I think there will be a drop off from Florida State's ones to twos to threes. Right. But I'm I'm thinking that Florida State twos and threes, regardless of which role. Should the twos not? I mean, if you've got twos and they're all D one guys too, shouldn't they beat the? I mean, so that's so, where I think the fan but base. But your twos would, and threes. Let's say it's a threes guy who's new. He's a freshman. He doesn't know the whole playbook, so he doesn't necessarily. He's he's not picking up on the reads like he's supposed to, or he's missing the uh, the call coming in from the sign line or something like that. Is he more talented? Yeah, but the guy across the line from him has game experience and knows what's going to happen and how fast it's going to happen. And there's something to be said for that. Again, definitely not saying he's they're they're gonna win, but I think that there's a possibility that you score less points by letting second and third string guys win or play, but that's okay. You're still gonna win. I think so. I think the fan base will be upset with anything less than 30, and I think they really want like 40 plus. Yeah. Yeah. I think they also really don't. I you only have so many opportunities to blow a team out. I'm sorry, 100%. not to blow a, not to blow a team out. We're to now shut becoming a team out. Uh, billboard material for Duke Gain, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if they're listening to this podcast. They got bigger problems. Um, you only <laughs> get so many. Yeah, I wonder what Pete DePitt's saying about our matchup with FSU here. <laughs> um, you only have so many chances to shut a team out, and when you're this much better, like yeah. you need to, you need to try and take advantage of. Yeah. Um, of those like last year you beat UMass 59 to three, which is certainly better than beating or losing to Jacksonville state. Sure. Um, I think you need to, I think you need to attempt to, to shut this team out. Cause if yeah. you're given, I mean, if you're letting an FCS score team score on you, how like good do you think Florida FCS state is team. though? Like, this is not like, I know you think that they're improvement, but I don't, I mean, uh, I, I think there's, I don't, a, know, how do you, I don't know enough I'm about Duquesne, but. Yeah, I predicted him at seven and five last week, so nothing crazy, right? Same, so roughly yeah, the same I'm as just, you. I, I just think Duquesne's that better. Like it's not. I mean, I guess we're gonna see, but I just I think Florida State fans, you get a thirty point win and you get some experience. That's a good day. I think if you let Duquesne score more than two times, it's a problem defensively. Yeah, because yeah, if I Duquesne scores true. three times in this game, that means yeah. LSU scoring at least six or seven times, right? Oh, hundred percent. So if, if Duquesne kicks a field goal because they, you know, Duquesne breaks a long run. Mm-hmm. Miss tackle, or you have a busted coverage, and they kick a field goal or something. They score three points, no big deal. Maybe right. you, maybe you have a busted coverage, you go up a touchdown or something stupid. Right. That's fine. I think they, those they can't drive on you in times. the fourth quarter, though, too, because that kind of stuff happening in the first quarter is not a great sign, in my opinion. Those are your ones. That is, uh, those are mental mistakes or things that just shouldn't happen against Duquesne. Those happen in the fourth quarter with your third quarter guys in, or third string guys in. Who cares? It's okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, if you're up 35 nothing at the half and everybody comes out um, and then your third string is a touchdown late, then some people will complain, but they're not yeah. probably warranted. I saw a scoreline projection that had it 37 um, to 3. I feel like that's a pretty on. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm picturing in my head, something I, like that. You probably okay. So like, if that's the case, like your your first string's probably going to get five possessions or more. So like, that would be them scoring every single time, and your second sure. string never scoring. Right. Your second string should go score a couple of times, right? So I'd probably put it up in like the forty five ish range. Is is really what you need to hit? But we'll right. see. It's supposed to be rainy. It's supposed to be nasty. Weather's going to be terrible. That could impact things, right? Like if you win this game thirty five nothing, because it's make it more conservative, more than likely. Right. You don't want to get Run guys the ball, hurt. Kill the so. clock. Yeah. Anyway, anything exciting going on at UF? 
this I mean, week. They're, I think everybody's still on the high from the stadium being opened. Um, last Friday, they invited former players and their families to come up and tour the facility. We ended up not going because we were taking our daughters to Disney to celebrate their eighth birthday, um, which was Saturday. So didn't get, you know, didn't get to participate in that, but really excited to see the new facility um, helping, you know, recruiting wise. Recruiting is going great for Florida, but nothing, you know, super new or exciting. Uh, they did get a uh, I think three somewhat banged up guys back this week, um, including Ricky Pierce. I believe Pearsall is how you say his last name. He mm -hmm. um, earned number one, which I have kind of an issue with, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, he is a, they just a wide receiver. That number one like they used to. Yeah. Th I think that's my issue with it. I don't think anybody that's just transferring in um, it, it, it concerns me that someone just transferring in. So having one spring, could earn one. Now I get that it's different. And maybe if um, this coaching staff had been there for a couple of years, maybe that wouldn't have happened because they would have more data to go on in terms of who's consistently been a leader. So maybe that's why this happened because this new staff came in, everybody got a clean slate and he worked his butt off and that's who they gave it to him. But I kind of don't love the idea of one going to somebody who just showed up. Um, I think it's kind of strange, but anyway, he had uh, an injury. He's back. That's a, that's a good thing for Florida. If you win the, the number one, you're a wide receiver. I would assume that means that you're going to be playing a lot. Um, so that's a positive thing. And you know, Utah's in a week. Excited for that one. We're doing a, uh, we're doing a um, watch party in new Orleans for that. Just the Saturday football. I think Oregon plays Georgia right yeah. before um should be a fun one dan lanning against his own team his old yeah. team i expect georgia to win that but we'll talk more yeah. about the national slate um in a moment but then um you know florida utah is a, a fun one at night that certainly yeah. all of the uh all of the fsu fans will be tuned in and, and interested yeah. and i think a lot of people will see how you know napier starts off his um his time oh, yeah. there i've seen a lot of people so from what i've seen I think a lot of people, okay, I want to get your take on this. Then we'll talk a little bit of conference realignment and get out of here. I think a lot of people are very high on Billy Napier, mm -hmm. but they're very low on UF this season. Yeah. I think people, I, I think, think that's a fair that from, statement from a national perspective. And I know you were higher than this. I was even slightly higher than this, but from a national perspective, a lot of people think that Billy Napier is the right coach. Yeah. That it's going just to rebuild. Turn around, but this is a six and six team and this is going to be right. a six and six season. Um, now could Florida go seven and five? Could they get to eight and four? Could things really, really break the way, right way and get to nine and three? I, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, could things break I, the wrong the way? Predictions that I've seen this last week are crazy. I mean, the same writers that are predicting Florida to go like six and six are predicting Kentucky to go 11 and one. And I don't like, I don't look at Kentucky's schedule and see how they get to 11 and one. And I don't really look at Florida's and see how they get to six and six. I think that that's a worst case scenario for Florida. Clearly it's the best case scenarios for Kentucky. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't agree with the national perspective that it's as big a rebuild as, these predictions make it seem that it is. I, I, this is a team that went to a new year six game three years in a row before last season. Like this is not a program that just had to completely clean house of talent and had nothing. And I feel like people act like Dan Mullen, you know, 
didn't care to recruit or was a terrible recruiter, but his classes were not bad. Are they Florida level acceptable? No. And that's not, you know, but it's about where Napier's class is currently. I think Napier's class will finish better than any of Mullen's classes finished. And I think that that's an impressive. And I do think that he appears to be the right guy right now. I just don't think it's as big a rebuild as it's getting think, branded as. Yeah. I think we talked about this last year. I mean, Florida did finish under 500 last year and Anthony Richardson had really great plays, but he also had but he plays also where he played 33 times, 33 right. plays the entire. So it's like, show me on the field. Right. right. And then, uh-huh. you know, Florida's yep. top two pass catching targets, top, top two touchdown leaders are no longer on the team. Pierce is in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's some concerns around the defense like there have been for the last few years. And so could things break the right way? And if Anthony Richardson plays every snap of every game, minus, you know, the blowouts or whatever, Right. Could things break the right way for Florida? I think so. Yeah. I think that we've not seen Anthony Richardson stay healthy. Even well, in, that's the legit, even in, right? I think even, that even in even in limited duty, he's not stay yeah. healthy. And then in that limited duty, he's been very hot and cold. So Napier kind of alluded to this this week in his press conferences and said basically like everyone is really quick to crown Anthony Richardson this superstar. And he said, but in the rea- the reality is he's played 33 plays or thrown 33 passes or whatever the stat was. And he's like, so, so essentially what he's saying is he is an unproven commodity, which is exactly right. I think we have seen flashes of brilliance. I think that his size and weight and measurements tell us he could be a freak athlete. I think there's just a lot of unknown. And when you've got Florida's backup quarterback, Jack Miller, who transferred him from Ohio state, he's out with thumb surgery there's nobody with any game spirit experience at all behind him. So Florida's season very much hinges on whether Anthony Richardson, who did have trouble staying healthy last year, can be the guy. And this is and also an Anthony Richardson that we knew had a hard time learning the playbook two years yeah. ago. And yeah, I have a hard time thinking for all of Dan's faults that the fan base wants to get on, I have a hard time thinking that anyone is going to develop quarterbacks better Correct. than he will. Correct. And um, I think that I I think that anybody, any rational fan understands that. I and rational fan is a uh, what do you call it? Like an oxymoron. An oxymoron. So, I mean it is. Yeah. So um, but and I also think that it's not only Anthony, it's who he's throwing to, right? Ricky's oh, a little bit Ricky's a little but bit banged I up. Think- you lost a lot of you lost a lot of production. And I think Florida was happy to lose some of those guys, but lost a lot of production as well. And I think that sure. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I think Anthony Richardson could be awesome. And obviously as a Gator fan, I hope that that is the case, but he is a pretty unproven commodity at this moment. And Florida's success or failure this year will almost single-handedly ride on his own success or failure because there's no other option. Right. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, not- it's the same thing for FSU, you know, yeah. if, if Jordan Travis goes down, it's the um, same situation. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to Greg Brunt and the folks over at Brunt insurance and financial services. Um, Greg hit me up today and said, Hey, I want to, I want to jump on board with peak to pit. And so Yay. we appreciate Greg. Um, anything you guys need as far as like home insurance, car insurance, boat insurance, motorcycle insurance. If you have a trailer, like whatever you need insured, Greg can take care of you. Give him a call today. He saved, I mean, I personally use Greg for both homeowner's insurance in both of my cars. 
You can call them at 954-589-2204 in service anywhere in the state of Florida. Um, his big, uh, big tagline has always been from Tallahassee to the Keys or from the Panhandle to the Keys. Um, he can get you taken care of. Call Greg Brunt, Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Tell him you heard about him on Peak to Pit. See if he can save you some money. If he can't save you money, just stick with who you've got. But if he can save you a little bit of money, um, give him a call. He'll probably talk football with you for like 20 minutes and then Added get started. Bonus. So, um, yeah, get, make sure you have a little bit of time to chat, chat about football. Greg, we appreciate your support. Um, Who does Greg root for? Greg's a big Gator fan. He's a big Gator fan. I love he'll be in the, I'm sure he'll be in the swamp in, in a week. Good to hear. I love it when we get more people to team up against you. That Sorry. Makes me happy. <laughs> I can take it. After the Jacksonville State game I, last year, I'm I'm completely numb, so it doesn't even it doesn't even hurt anymore. Um, uh, you mentioned Kentucky schedule. I did look up their schedule really quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Check this out. So they play Florida early. I think we both talked about how that could be a coin flip. Like, that could go either way, right? Yeah. If they get a win against Florida, they're going to start four zero. Because they play Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois, right? Okay. They're gonna start 4-0 if they can get the win against Florida. Okay. Next up, they have Ole Miss. Right. Which I think that game could go either way. It could. Then they have South Carolina and Mississippi State. They're gonna win both okay. those. They're actually both at home. I'd like Kentucky in both those. They stay healthy. Then they have okay. Tennessee, an either way game, right? That could go coin flip either way. Then they have Missouri, Vanderbilt, Georgia. They'll lose to Georgia. And that game is late in November at Kentucky. I still have right. Georgia winning it. And then they yeah. have Louisville. They have their rivalry game at home, which I think they win that too. Um, so to me, they've got eight games that I think it would be a surprise if they lost. Mm-hmm. And then I look at Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Florida as toss-ups, mm-hmm. right? Say so they go two and one in those three games. Yeah. Lose to Georgia. They're 10 and two. So they go one and two in those two games. So they drop to Florida and drop to Tennessee, but beat Ole Miss. Yeah. They nine and three. So I do think Kentucky will have a good year. Now, if, you I know, think eleven and one would be wild. It'd be pretty remarkable. You know, they they need to go to me, they need to go three and oh in those toss-up games. Right. Um, they'd be ten and oh going to that Georgia game. That would be game day if that was yeah. the case. Oh, of course, for um, sure it would. The, the only way I really see them beating Georgia is if um the wheels are to come off. At UGA, I, mean, I just yeah. don't. I, I like their quarterback. I, I think Will's a good guy, good quarterback. I think he'll have a lot of success. I don't think they can beat Georgia's defense. I think that that we'll talk about that game more as it gets closer. Are you definitely going to that game? Do you know yeah, that? I am. I you. Um, try to get together and you just leave town. Um, I think that game could be really, really high scoring. I just because Florida's defense definitely worries me. Um, this year as it has worried Florida fans for the last half a decade, you know, for, for a while. So, um, I wouldn't say half a decade, but yeah, probably just like know, three or four less, years. I was going to say less two to three, potentially two, probably. Um, yeah, definitely the last two. Um, yeah, they were pretty good before that. And then yeah. all of a sudden Grantham forgot how to They were, I, uh, truly, they were good and Florida's offense was terrible. So it was a, it's a wild thing to watch last season and the I second half of the it. season yeah. before the wheels fall off the defense, because that's always been a staple, no matter what the offense has been able to pull off or not. Florida's always had an incredible defense, but so you know, he, could I, put up, he could put up some points in that game. That game could be a lot of fun though. High scoring. It's going to be fun. So, um, but yeah, Kentucky could have a good year. I say eight and four is their worst case scenario. Mm, 
I mean, I think, I think nine and three is the ceiling. So we shall I, see. I'll buy that, but I don't think they're going to lose more than four. Yeah, probably not. They have to drop I just think, I just think 11 and one is ridiculous. And there's a huge difference between nine and three and 11 and one, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it takes almost, you know, obviously near everything back. has to go their way for that to be the case. I'm telling you though, if they start four and oh, they get that yeah. one in the swamp. They're not going to get that one in the swamp. Didn't you have Florida losing that game? No, Kentucky, Tennessee. I had I I put it oh, as a close okay. loss. Not, not that's Kentucky. right. You guys have you guys starting two and zero. So anyway, going back to Florida's schedule, I think I can. So yeah, Florida at six and six to me is unlikely, but yeah. it definitely is possible. You're just basically losing more coin flips than you win, right? I think, yeah, I just don't I think, think there's it, as many coin flips on the schedule as you think there is. Honestly, I don't think I think talent. So yeah, okay. I mean, I think the talent level exists, and, and I think that the coaching we're getting is good. So I think we think A and M and Georgia are losses. I think so. Okay, coin flips to me are Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU. LSU and Tennessee are much more coin flips in my mind than Utah and Kentucky are. And I mean, I mean we'll see. Fine, we'll but, we'll you know, know. I might a, change that. We'll have a big. You know, Saturday will tell us. Next Saturday, will yeah. tell us. A lot. So quickly, Florida's, a, right? Florida's a three point favorite against Utah and like a four point favorite against Kentucky. So, I mean, that's pretty good. get moved to a two and a half. So, um, get even closer. Um, mm -hmm. Is South Carolina a coin flip? I don't think so. And then Florida State, who is currently listed as a favorite in that game. Oh, I don't think Florida State's a, a coin flip. Don't take that the wrong way, but I think you'll, I don't think that game's close. Oh. Vegas is getting it wrong there, according to Allie. Yeah. Um, our back change. to back. I will say you have finished in the top two of our back to back picks <laughs> in the last two years, so you may know what you're talking about there with uh, with Vegas uh, being wrong on that one. So, so to me, there even if you took out South Carolina and you took out Florida State, you have four coin flips in Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. Right. Well, that doesn't get you to six and six though. Which is my point. Yeah, I don't those, think six and six those, is Yeah, those four plus your two losses are six and six. Oh, oh well. Like if you drop your coin flip. Uh, I don't think all four of those are coin flips. What's um, a coin flip to you? How close I do it have to be? Tennessee and LSU are the are coin flips to me. And then I think they lose. And I have us as losing to Tennessee in that coin flip. So going one so and Utah one. Utah and in Kentucky are like sure. They're not coin flips, they're sure I, things. Well, nothing's a sure thing, but I don't. I think Florida should win both of those games. I don't think that's a game where it's like, oh gosh, I don't know. We're, we don't know what's going to happen going in. I think Florida should win those games, and if they don't, it is disappointing. I think with Tennessee and LSU, it is a coin flip. So, do you want to win them? Yes, but are you? Is it necessarily a disappointment if you don't? No, and I think that we expect Florida loses to. Um, Texas A&M and Florida loses to Georgia. If you win, you're super happy, but you are not expecting to win those games. I think when I say coin flip, I'm thinking what the reaction is after that game happens. It the the sky is not falling if Florida loses to Tennessee or LSU. I think Gator fans do freak out the falling and the sky is falling. To Utah? If they lose to Utah or Kentucky. I think so. I think I think so. with I how irrational Florida way. I think with how irrational Florida fans are, maybe mm -hmm. that's the case. But I mean, you're losing to a top seven team in the country, right? I mean, I know. I, I, listen, I don't. I, know I don't think. Things. I just say. I don't think that's an. I don't think that's Florida like a, should expect to win those two, and will be disappointed if they do not. Um, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. If 
if the sky is falling after losing to a top seven team in the country. Well, I'm glad you you feel that way. <laughs> I mean, do you agree with I mean, do you think I, the sky is falling if you lose to Utah? I don't think the sky is falling no matter what happens. This team won this, this team lost to UCF last year. But I do think that Florida will beat Utah. I think that Florida should beat Utah. The sky will not be falling for me if Florida does not beat Utah. But I don't know that you could say the same for other members of the fan base. Honest to God, if Florida goes six and six this year, the sky is not falling for me. And you commit to a new coach, you commit to letting him build things the way that he thinks they need to be built, and you give him the time to do that, in my mind. So no matter what happens this season, I'm okay with it. But I don't think that that's what's going to happen. We love it, that's for sure. But (laughs) I feel like that's where people could. I think anything worse than six and six, the you know, would be an issue, right? Because when you look at Florida's schedule, there are some unexcusable losses, right? South Florida, Eastern Washington, really Missouri's got to be in that category. South Carolina's got to be in that category, and Vanderbilt's got to be in that category. So that's five wins, right? You go into Florida State as an underdog and you lose that game. I don't think that's an you're an underdog in a game. I don't think that's inexcusable, right? Now we'll see if they're an underdog when we get to the end of November. Right. And a lot of it will have to do with how Florida and Florida State have played so far that up to up into that point. But those other games are inexcusable if you, right. you lose any of them. If you win those five, you gotta find a way to get one more out of your last seven games, right? Like, and that's kind of where yeah. I look at Florida State's schedule too. I think that right. Duquesne, Louisiana, Boston College, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, the bottom feeders in the ACC, as well as your out-of-conference stuff that's not Florida or LSU, you've got to win those games. And so if you win those five, you've got to find one or two more wins in your last seven. I think Florida has five wins guaranteed on the schedule, and it's a problem if they lose any of those five. I think Florida State has four to five wins guaranteed on the schedule, and it's a big yeah. problem if they lose any of those five. And then if you've got seven games left and you can't win two of those, like I don't expect Florida State to be Clemson. I don't expect Florida to be Georgia. But you should you could find two more wins in there somewhere. Obviously, one of these two teams is going to get a win at the end of the year. No matter how bad they are, somebody has to win that last one. So it's like, can the two teams combined find three more wins throughout the season? I yeah. think so. I think they should yeah. both get to seven and five. Uh, and I think that if either one of them can – get one more win out of it, they'll feel really good about it. I think Florida fans would love to go 9-3, and 10-2. and two. They're being honest with themselves. Both of these teams would feel really good if, if they get to 8-4 and four, uh, this year. Yeah. I mean, 8-4 is fine. That'll be fine. I think Florida State will feel better about themselves at 8-4 and four than Florida will feel at 8-4. and four. But, I mean, I think either is acceptable for those teams. Yeah. I mean, both of these teams have an over-under in – again, I know that you're trumping Vegas with all of your knowledge tonight, but – both of these teams have an over-under at six and a half, right? So if you win six games, to me, that's underachieving. I don't know yeah. that, you know, athletic directors are, you know, firing or hiring coaches based on over-unders or missing them by half a game. But essentially, if you win six games, you're underachieving. If you win seven games, you're overachieving. And if you win eight, then you're overachieving by more. If you win nine, right. you're even better. Vegas is telling you that Florida and Florida State are going to win between six and seven games. There's a chance, in my mind, there's a chance both those teams enter that game with six wins. And the winner gets the seventh win. That to me, like there's a decent chance of that. Now, I pick both teams to get to seven. So we'll see. But we shall see. All right. I think we ran out of time. We'll do conference realignment another time. When that the works. next time something big happens, we'll we'll do that. It didn't really matter. But again, I want to give a shout out to Greg Brunt. 
954-589-2204. Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Hit them up for all of your insurance needs. Home, car, boat, yacht. If you're like Allie, whatever you have that needs insured, uh, Greg will get you taken care of. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? Any shout outs? Anything you want to say? Besides going holes since you're cheering for us this weekend? I am cheering for Florida State this weekend. I mean, I think, although, I edit that in. although <laughs> I wouldn't hate if Duquesne somehow won. I just don't think that's actually going to be what happens. But I would fully enjoy it. So I'm taking Elena, her first, well, she's yeah. been involved a couple of times, but her first game. So that that's should be awesome. fun. Going up in the Champions Club because you got to I mean, do it. A little kid. Yeah. Got to get the AC and the mm-hmm. free food and stuff. They've got cake pops in there and stuff, popcorn, right. and all you can eat and stuff. So, yeah, Perfect. I'm expecting a weather delay. So, going to see if I can sneak the iPad in. There you go. So, she should have fun. Perfect. All right, we'll be back next Tuesday. We'll do it again. We'll talk about Utah. We'll talk about Florida State being the only team in the big three that's one and oh. And we'll talk about Utah, LSU, all the fun stuff coming in week one. Big Until week next, next week. Say what? I said big week next week. That's all this right. is just a little. This is just a little teaser this week. The next Some week, we're trying week. to pick up our second win next week, not just our first. Okay, but you guys will stay behind. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for hanging out, Gunnels.